You're listening to the Private Practice Workshop Podcast. I'm your host, John Clark, helping you build a better business without all the overwhelm. Started learning this stuff while building my first practice in 2013 out in San Francisco. Been helping therapists in some form or fashion uh, ever since. I'm excited to um, tell you that right now, the doors for both of our programs are open for a very limited time. First program is fully booked. Fully booked is a proven five-step system for getting new clients consistently for your therapy practice. Uh, The second program is our Business Made Human Mastermind Community. That's uh, a weekly mastermind program uh, to help you build a business that you love that really enhances and feeds your life rather than takes away from it. We also have a special focus on building additional revenue streams like online courses, membership sites, etc. Both those programs are open now, like I said, for a very limited time. We've also got uh, thousands of dollars worth of bonuses uh, depending on how soon you sign up. So right now, these programs just open once a year. If you're at all interested, now is the time to check out um, uh, one or both of these programs. Links to these programs are in the description below. Click those now and jump in. Also want to thank our friends at sprucehealth.com. Before we dive into the episode, Spruce Health is an all-in-one communication platform for your private practice. Have I mentioned that it's HIPAA compliant? unlike what you're probably using right now for your phone system, use Spruce to combine all your communication securely. That's messaging, fax, video, calls on mobile, right? Um, You can even offer visits right now for for, uh, telemedicine. So you can really take your practice on the go with Spruce Health. It's also very affordable. They have amazing support. All you have to do is go to sprucehealth.com forward slash PPW and then get a free trial. And then when you're checking out, use the code PPW20 for 20% off your first month. That's PPW20 for 20% off your first month. Okay, in this episode, I'm sitting down with Gordon Brewer, Practice of Therapy. He's also a group practice owner, really talking about, um, it's an open-ended episode. We're talking a lot about grace, gratitude, getting through these times, uh, what it really takes to be successful in private practice. Lots of twists and turns in this conversation, but uh, I have to admit, I had a really fun time doing an open-ended dialogue for the first time in a while on this show. So hope you enjoy the conversation. And uh, without further ado, let's dive in. You're listening to the Private Practice Workshop podcast with John Clark, helping you build a better business without all the overwhelm. Today, I'm excited to introduce my guest, Gordon Brewer. Gordon, I feel like I've known you forever, and yeah. I haven't even met you in person. I, <laughs> I feel know. like I've met it's you in person. That's one of those but... things. That's one of those things where just, uh, you know, our paths cross so many places. And so, yeah. Two-dimensional yeah. for now, but we've had... Yeah. Uh, maybe opportunities to make it three-dimensional. Maybe we will at some point, but right yeah, now we're I, I all 2D. I, yeah, <laughs> to I, further I hope notice. so. I hope so, yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, Gordon, yeah. is, um, Gordon is a group practice owner in uh, Kingsport, Tennessee, um, mm-hmm. which is actually a place kind of near and dear to my heart. We were just talking. I'm, I'm from Virginia. I've worked with this, this nonprofit, Appalachia Service Project, for many years that I talked about on a recent episode. Um, my sister went to UT. Anyway, I've got all sorts of connections in Tennessee, uh, so it's um, it's certainly familiar yeah. territory to me. So you're a group practice owner. You're also a private practice consultant at practiceoftherapy.com. Um, mm-hmm. What else am I missing from the intro? 
Well, that's that's it. I just um, yeah, I've, uh, I guess one other thing about me that's, uh, you know, not just, I guess, might be interesting to some. I also happen to be a clergy person in the Episcopal Church. And mm-hmm. um, and so I do that as well. And so I have uh, a lot of affinity for where um, just mindfulness practices and faith practices and all of that kind of cross cross over. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. 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 It's a, it's a matter of uh, kind of infusing that, integrating it into the work you do, your multiple identities, really. Um, mm-hmm. And um, yeah. Yeah. And into your, your practice. Right. Yeah. Right. I've always, always felt that, um, you know, I'm also, I'm also an AAMFT approved supervisor. I'm, I'm a marriage and family therapist is my, I guess my credential there, but um, I've, um, I've always felt like, the person of the therapist is very important just in doing clinical work and that we just need to, I think, um, I know a lot of people feel differently about self-disclosure, but one of the things that I, um, I hope that I'm able to share with people just my own life experiences and, and, and just tell how it's worked for me and, you know, share those stories. And, and it's part of, part of why I got into consulting like you probably you did, John is just, um, you know, I really have learned a lot the hard way yeah. in my therapy practice. Yeah. I, learned, <laughs> I can tell people lots of ways not to do things, but, uh, you know, just really wanted to share that knowledge and be able to help people feel good about the, the practice they they build for themselves and, yeah. and the lifestyle it creates. I think there's a lot of... Um, uh really self-disclosure in therapy provides a very enriching opportunities when done well. And of mm-hmm. course, when we bring the attention back to the client, right? So actually yes. just yesterday I told, uh, uh, I was telling a therapy client session about, um, some of the times and ways in which I struggled as a teenager, as a young person. And if I just said that and let it hang, you know, it might not have done much for him, but uh-huh. you know, you know, then I invited him into the process to say, okay, what's it like to hear, that from me yeah that i struggled in right. this way too right yeah. and it deepens the process it humanizes you a bit as well because mm-hmm. one of the fallacies is that well if you're a therapist you must have all your stuff together right yes right <laughs> and, and, and in right. a way the same same parallel with uh with practice consulting right it's well i i must need to be an expert or have a perfect practice or whatever it is in order to teach this stuff and mm-hmm. i think that is just wildly untrue right right i was talking to right. a you know a group practicing right now who is um who is thinking about kind of be getting into the private practice consulting world. And, and, and they were saying, you know, well, I'm, I'm kind of hesitant because right now I'm having some problems in the practice or I'm, you know, had, I made kind of a misstep as a leader. And I said, that is actually the perfect time to start talking yeah. about what you're learning, right? Share those mm-hmm. lessons and say, Hey, group practice owners, I just learned this. Hey, I just fell on my face, you know, and this is yes. what I learned. Right. And yeah. write an article about it, do a YouTube video about it, whatever. So people have it backwards. Right. And then through creating the content, yeah, you, absolutely. that's a process mm-hmm. of discovery and building yourself up to be that expert. Right. right. Um, but also knowing and, and just being, being honest about uh, what you don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh yeah. And it's a, you know, it's, you know, I'm always reminded of that, um, that Chinese symbol for crisis. It's a dangerous opportunity. And I think if we don't, if we don't mess up, we won't learn. I mean, it's, yeah. uh, you know, the, the other, the other analogy I think of is that, um, I think a lot of times I hear the people that I consult with talk about 
wanting to get it right or doing it exactly the right way. Well, there's no exact right way to do yeah. any of this. And I think a big part of it is you have to, you really have to just get outside your comfort zone and that's how you will learn. And you just put yourself out there and you try new things and you do, do the bold stuff. And totally. Yeah. Yeah. What, what was it like for you to go through that process in uh, starting uh, the practice of therapy and, um, you know, getting, uh, yeah, just, just building up your consulting business? Yeah. Yeah. So what, one of the things that I, I guess when I started uh, practice of therapy back in 2016, really is when I started the blog and, you know, it, and our friend, our mutual friend, Joe Sanok was kind of the person that in, inspired me to that because I was listening to his podcast and I was thinking, you know, I, I, I love what Joe does and I would like to do that too. And so you know, I think I think one of the mistakes we make, too, is that if we think if we see somebody else doing it, we think, well, there's not an opportunity for me. But really, I kind of approached it from, well, I can I'm not going to do it exactly like Joe does it. And I'm going to put my spin on it and do it kind of in a different way. And I think back in those early days, it was you know, it's, it's kind of discouraging. You put a website up and you, you hope that just people are just going to magically flock to it. And, <laughs> nothing you happens. Know, you know, <laughs> nothing happens. And, and so, but I, I think what helped me along the way is I just really kind of adopted a mindset of just saying, okay, I'm just going to stick this out. I'm going to be in this for the long haul. Yeah. And I'm just going to stick this out and I'm just going to keep building, adding the broth the blocks to it yeah. and just build it and build it and build it. That persistence you know? is, is key. And you would think that it's, uh, like, um, intuitive to therapists or yes. business owners of any kind. Unfortunately, it's not right. So what, mm -hmm. what's really interesting is that, uh, a growth curve is not linear. So it's mm -hmm. not like I publish one blog post per week and then my growth is linear starting right away. Right. It's right. actually very skewed. And sometimes the growth happens after, you know, a hundred blog posts and then right. things ramp up, right? Or you get on someone else's podcast or you, whatever, right? You get a kind mm -hmm. of a break and it's the compounding result of your persistent efforts, not yes, one effort. So absolutely. what's, what's absolutely. interesting and with therapists, a lot of times I see that they've actually done a lot of the right things for like one month too few or something, you know, like, yes, right. like almost there. And then they stopped or they let off the gas uh -huh. pedal and they said, Oh, this right. isn't working or, yeah. you know what I mean? I'm not, my website's not getting found or my practice isn't where it should be, or I'm not hitting that yeah. financial goal. And people uh -huh. can't see the cumulative efforts of their, or the cumulative results of their efforts. Right. 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 And I think that's, I think that's one of the things that's real important to remember. Um, and I think has helped me along the way is that, with both my private practice, my group practice, and um, and, and the practice of therapy is, is that I've, I've approached it from, I'm just going to get in there and do the stuff. I'm not going to try to get too preoccupied with the right. numbers and with the, you know, how much I'm growing and that sort of thing. Although you really, you need to track those things, but not to, not to stay preoccupied with it and just just go at it week after week. And I think you're exactly right, John. It, it eventually reaches kind of this critical mass right. where it just kind of, you know, it's kind of like rolling a stone up a, you know, a big rock up a hill. Eventually you get the, get to the kind of that top and the momentum kind of carries it the rest of the way. Yeah. Our impatience is that we just want the reward. Right. And yeah. 
Uh, we want the result. And I think that's a bit mm -hmm. uh, human nature, right? Um, mm -hmm. And the other thing that I think is is really salient is that um, therapists and business owners, and we need to be okay with failing. Um, mm -hmm. You know, someone recently was like asking me about my failures. Or I think I was like an, on a podcast talking about my failures, just not a fun mm -hmm. episode, but an important yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and a bunch of things came to mind of things, let's say failure, you're holding that word loosely, right? Or, you know, in terms yeah. of, let's say a project I did that didn't work or a piece of, you know, a video that I thought was going to be amazing and like really, you know, mm -hmm. be a hit and it wasn't. Yeah. Um, yeah. You could consider those failures, right? Or a course launch that doesn't do anything mm -hmm. at all. Um, right. And if you, if you, you, you have those failures um, and if you take them as a signal that I should either stop, right? Or not do it again or whatever, mm -hmm. then you will inhibit your own growth, right? Right. If you see right. every failure as a lesson, uh, then it's just going to be normal, right? It's like, okay, yeah, I knew this would happen, right? It's yeah. kind of like, it's kind of like a therapy session. When we start out being a therapist, you're not going to get it right. You're not going to always get it right. You're going to feel very um, incompetent yeah. for a long time, actually. Right. And right. even as even after doing it for 10 years, you're still going to have sessions where you go, I really missed the mark on that one, or I'm not sure if I really helped the client. doesn't mm -hmm. mean you're going to stop being a therapist. Right, right. And I think the other thing, too, is that I think we, we sometimes uh, forget to remind ourselves that a lot of the process of any sort of growth is, uh, I love the metaphor uh, metaphor of a seed, and you plant a seed, and a lot of times we plant seeds that we, I just think about, you know, clients, uh, like, a, I'm sure we've all had these at times where you feel like, okay, I've not really done much to help this person, and, yeah. you know, it's just kind of like, I didn't really feel like I connected well, and, and then lo and behold, they come back to you, you, you run into them a few years later and they said, oh, you helped me so much. And it's kind of like, whoa, you know. And so you don't, again, you don't realize the seeds that you plant. And, and I think a lot of times uh, just in, in business growth, that is what you want to be doing is constantly looking for ways to plant seeds and create. Um, I, I'm a big proponent of creating diversity a diversity in income with a, particularly with service-based businesses, because if you, if you're just doing one thing, um, as we've all experienced lately with, uh, we said we weren't going to talk about it, but with the COVID-19 crisis, um, you know, business can come to, can come to a halt and you need those other diversity of things to, to help you yeah. along the way. We, we kind of have to talk about it a little bit because it's a, a crisis magnifies, you know, lessons that we're already kind of waiting for us around the corner. Two, mm -hmm. two lessons that I talk about a lot are one, having an emergency fund of three to six months of expenses on the business side and Absolutely. the personal side. Um, mm -hmm. If you had that, then when coronavirus hit, um, it's not that it's going to be a fun ride, but it's going to be a lot less bumpy than if you yeah. had nothing, right? And right. people always go, well, well, John, that, yeah, then maybe that's easy for you to say, or maybe, you know, I don't have that money, or I need to, you know what I mean? I've got bills to pay. People make excuses, right? Mm -hmm. uh, there's no way I can build up, you know, three months of payroll or whatever it is. And I guess the more I do this, the, the I have a lesser, uh, smaller and smaller tolerance for those excuses because yeah. Yeah. I think there's a sense of, especially when you have employees, right? There's a sense of obligation mm -hmm. we have as, as business owners um, 
to handle your business ethically, right? The same mm-hmm. way when I think a lot of companies right now, and I think about big companies, I follow a lot of big companies and I follow the market a lot. And a lot of big companies, you know, that are still doing okay and holding out and going to thrive and survive through this. Um, there are companies that, you know, during these hard times, they're not just going to immediately fire their team, right? They're going to find right. a way to get through this. They're going to pull on cash reserves, get creative, whatever it is. Um, and I think sometimes uh, we just don't think of our private practices in that way because it's like, right. oh, it's just little old me, you know, or me and my five yeah. clinicians, whatever it is. But in reality, like, um, uh, it's it, it's going to rain. It's just a matter of whether or not, mm-hmm. of, of when, right? And this whole right. coronavirus thing right. is extreme, yeah. but... It's a, it's, it's a humbling lesson in many ways, both in terms of income streams, some sort of cash reserve. And so, again, you either fold to it and go, you know, mm-hmm. let this thing over overwhelm you, or you go, I'm taking a yeah. lot of this on the chin, right? And I'm going to start right. adapting based on what I'm learning right now. Right, right. And I think a, a good way to start with that, um, I, I'm sure you're familiar with Profit First and um, yeah. that that whole thing. And I... I, I like to think of that as the power of allocation. And I think even even if you just even if you just save one percent of what you bring in every week, that will compound. Yeah. Um and that will totally. grow. And, and and I think everybody needs to do that. Yeah. Um is to put that money aside yeah. and, and really watch it. And if you automate yeah. that, it makes it less likely for yes. Kind of takes the emotion out of it of you having to you know right. set this money aside versus put it in your pocket, right? So, mm-hmm. and I do this on the personal uh, finance side too, is have that an automated kind of uh, savings account, mm-hmm. like a money market account, where um, it's just constantly pulling, you know, from my checking. So, I. I keep feeling like I have less money, which is a good thing because yeah. I kind of put it out of sight and I don't right. look at it every day. Right. right? Um, right. And that also kind of keeps me hungry, you know, so there's, uh-huh. there's something to that maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. Gordon, at, yeah. W- with, um, so we talked a little bit about kind of the crisis we're in right now mm-hmm. and everything. Um, in terms of what you see more generally therapists who are most successful doing, what have you noticed over the years and what are you noticing now? Yeah. So I think what the most successful therapists are, are people that, um, um, that they understand the business side of things. I think there's so many, so many people that at least the people I've consulted with, some of the people I've consulted with in the past is they really not of any fault of their own. They just really didn't understand the business side of things of just really understanding how how finances work, how all of those things uh, come together. And I think when a person can get a handle on that part of it, and again, like we talked about earlier, be persistent with, with, with running the business side of things, those therapists tend to be much more successful and that they, that they understand their metrics, their numbers, and, you know, they've created dashboards and those kinds of things to really kind of track what they do. And and also, um, as we were talking about much earlier, is just they, they really understand their why. They understand, you know, have a clear vision. And I liked what you did in your, one of your recent uh, po- um, podcast episodes, John, you talked about um, the difference between a vision and a mission. 
And uh, I love that the way that you put that and that uh, and hopefully I'm going to get this right because it, it kind of stuck with me is that your 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 mission is where you're headed and that's the destination you want to arrive at. And then the vision is how you're going to get there. And so if, if, a, if a practice doesn't have either one of those, they tend to flounder, they tend to, tend to, tend to go by the seat of their pants, and then when they're hit with a crisis, um, you know, they're, they really are in crisis. Yeah. 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 We were, um, so in one of my, uh, my business made human mastermind groups yesterday, we were, uh, did this exercise with one of the members who is in the hot seat and, um, the, this member was having a hard time getting motivated, right. And feeling like, well, like, I'm not sure what to focus on or when I do sit down to kind of work on my business, I don't really know what to do. And something we did is I, uh, I kind of asked him, uh, why does any of this matter? Why are you doing any of this? Right. And there's a a technique, at least in therapy, I think it's a cognitive therapy technique uh, called the downward arrow technique. And it's with a fear. You follow the, the, the fear all the way down. So you go like, I'm afraid of, um, you know what I mean? Going on a date, like, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I might go on a date and then I might say something stupid. Okay. And then what would that mean? Well, then they might notice. What would that mean? They might judge me. What would that mean? You know, they might not want to be with me. What would that mean? I'm alone forever. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Uh, So you do do that, but with motivation. So it's kind of going up instead of down, like the upward arrow technique, we'll call it, which is, okay, so why are you doing this? Well, um, you know, cause I want, uh, I want more clients mm-hmm. so that you can blank, right. So that uh-huh. I can make more money so that mm-hmm. you can blank, right. So that I can, whatever it is, spend more time with my family, retire yeah. early, right. Pay off debt, whatever yeah. it is, or, right. you know, because I want to help these people or to this degree, or I want to be known as a expert in X, Y, Z so that mm-hmm. I can blank. And I did this exercise myself, you know, a number of months ago at this uh, this Chris Ducker conference in London. And uh, it's really hard. You know, you keep going down that line and uh-huh. it really uncovers your own motivations, right? And and what right. I'll say is that one theme is that money is not enough, right? It's like mm-hmm. to get yeah. more clients so that you can make more money so that mm-hmm. you can blank. Right. Um, and if you don't exactly. have something solid there and we start uncovering this, yeah, you're going to struggle with motivation at times. It's going to feel a lot like a job mm-hmm. or like a, an obligation versus something mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I wake up and I'm fired up to do and I'm choosing to do this. Right. I don't love every right. part of my business or of being a business yeah. owner, but I love it enough to wake up and go, all right, this is why I'm trying to, you know, get fired yeah. up today. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's, um, that, that to, yeah, I think the, the, in in a similar way in working with the, the folks in my focus group, I, the, the, the starting place for me is, okay, what kind of lifestyle do you want to have for yourself? You know, if I were to hand you a, li- a limited, an unlimited amount of money and a, an unlimited amount of time, how would you, how would you want to spend those things? You know, where, exactly. where would you like to, where do, where do you see yourself, you know, in, in a year from now and two years from now, three years, five, 10 years from now, and what does that, what does you want your life to look like? Because, you know, it's kind of a cliche you hear all the time is I, I want to be a millionaire. Okay. Why is that? And, um, really looking at yourself and looking at what, what it is that you want for yourself. And I think 
back. Uh, but most people will learn to um, Sorry, Gordon, we just a had you cut out the there for a, a quick second. Can you can you kind of repeat the point? We just lagged out for a uh, second. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so just really looking at their at your lifestyle and, and really understanding, you know, this is the kind of life I want to create for myself, and these are the different parts of it. Right. And, you know, the money... The money is important, but it's not it's not all of it. Yeah, the money exactly. is just a vehicle a vehicle for getting there. Yeah, I think some people also um if that is the only motivator, they get there, they start to get there and then they realize they need uh more than that, right? They need a different fuel source. Or mm-hmm. the other thing that happens is uh so you set your sights on making X amount of money and then you adjust your lifestyle to that mm-hmm. amount of money and you actually never really get wealthier, you know, your life yeah. actually never get improves because you got a bigger yeah. house and a bigger car and a whatever, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Um, you start living a little bit beyond your means and then you're obligated to just keep up with your own lifestyle that you've then created. So I think it's interesting too, when people do that and it's, that's certainly not a therapist problem. That's a, that's a human problem and oh, right. also a very right. American problem of ours. Right. Um, but that, yeah. that can happen too. Yeah. I know. Uh, um, I remember reading or hearing somewhere that really when you reach a certain point in terms of uh, your income level to go beyond that. And I, I don't know why, but $150,000, you know, kind of income level, once you get above that, your life will get more complicated, but not mm-hmm. necessarily happier. Yeah. There's a threshold. There's uh there's research behind that, right? That, right. that number. And, and also people imagine if I could only have X amount of dollars, then, then what, right? Then all my problems would be solved. Or if I could pay off this credit card debt, then I'd be happy or my marriage would be better. And it's kind of like wherever you go, there you are. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. And I'm also reminded of, um, uh, Victor Frankel and his book, Man's Search for mm-hmm. Meaning and uh, a quote of his, uh, and I'm going to paraphrase the quote because I don't remember it exactly is, is that, if you have a life without purpose or meaning, um, people will substitute pleasure, and pleasure is nearly right. always empty. Right. Yeah. No, that's huge. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. 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 So, so for for therapists, you know, to ask ourselves, what are we chasing? And you know, in terms of how much is enough, it's been an interesting question. Um, you know, I'll, I'll just be honest that uh, that in this month of April, um, we've planned the entire year around launching both my programs this month, uh, Business Made Human and Fully Booked. And that means that uh, we we shoot to make uh, most of our income this month <laughs> for the year. Uh, that is, it's been a real test for me to have ambitions, but be grateful for what you have. You know what I mean? And, and, and with everything going on, to to trust that not only could I have this much worse, and I'm very lucky no matter what happens this month with my launch, with my business, um, but I'm also can be grateful for what I have, right? Or grateful it's, right. you know, for the people who do join my programs this month and or even this morning, just being grateful for walking outside and having the sun hit my face and, and um, just feeling like that's really nice that amidst everything going on, I have that little right. moment, you know? And yep. Um, yep. now more than ever, it's important to have those moments for yourself, right? Because mm-hmm. we, a lot of us do feel a bit out of control right now and wondering what's next and how long is this thing going to go on? And that's right. human, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. And that's, um, 
you know, and I think uh, the one thing that I think positive that's coming out of the, the crisis we're in here in April is that I think people are really kind of becoming more aware of the things that they should practice gratitude for. Um, and it's just really, we, we're, we're so, there, there's so many of us that have so much privilege, so much stuff that we can yeah. be thankful for. And I realize that there's also people that, you know, as we were talking about the people, um, before we started recording, just when your work with Appalachian service project, and I worked in, in a parallel organization, uh, when John was doing that, it was Episcopal Appalachian Ministries, and just the, uh, that kind of work, when you go into places and you see just the abject poverty that people live in, um, I think it, it, it is pause to really practice some gratitude for what you do have. Yeah, that, it's interesting because, um, yeah, and, and with this organization that I've been a part of for a long time, bearing witness to extreme poverty, especially on our own soil, is is very intense. It changes you. It's not meant mm-hmm. to make you feel guilty, right? Or to go home and feel like, well, I'm, I'm a spoiled brat, but, um, it's, I'll just say that there are images that I will never forget that I've experienced over the years mm-hmm. of people with dirt floors, people using outhouses, right? People who have, um, just barely enough to feed themselves and their kids today, meaning right. today, um, right. And that poverty is literally in our backyards um, right. and rural poverty. I mean, this is a whole nother episode, but rural poverty yeah. is tucked away and it's very different yeah. from urban poverty, it's, which is there. It's in your face. It's homelessness. It's a lot of mm-hmm. mental illness, substance yeah. abuse. It's in your face, but right. there's tremendous amounts of, uh, of that too. And, um, and, and also issues with access to jobs and healthcare. Right. So there's that, um, but, but again, we can, we just take that and you let it affect you or you, um, it's not to make anyone feel guilty, right? Because feeling guilty is not a good motivator to then, right, right. you know, be more generous or go help people who have less than mm-hmm. you. But it's a matter of the scope of things, right? Or even the scope of our current suffering, right? How bad mm-hmm. are my problems really? Um, and they're yeah. bad relative because all of our problems are relative to us. Mm-hmm. So they mm-hmm. are they are real problems. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, and I, yeah. And I think it's, um, yeah, and I think it's... Um, I'm always reminded of the, you know, when we think about the, the largeness of a lot of the problems in the world, and again, we, we could get off on, a, you know, a whole episode on this, but I'm always reminded that there's a story about this, uh, uh, this image of a guy walking on the beach, and there are all these starfish that have watched, uh, washed up on the beach, and so he's very meticulously taking each one and putting them back into the ocean, and somebody walks along and says, why are you wasting your time with this? Because you'll never get all these back in the ocean. And he said, picked up another starfish and put it in the ocean. And he said, I made a difference for that one. And I think um, for us as therapists and those of us in these helping fields, we might not make a huge difference in the, in the grand big picture of things, but we do definitely make difference, a difference in people's lives day in and day out by just giving somebody a play, a safe person to hear them, to process with them, to to go through what they're going through, and just being with them and being present. So, I think that this crisis is magnifying 
the need for mental health, the need for, for what we do. I think a lot of people are taking therapy more seriously, which is never mm-hmm. a bad thing. Um, I hope, and I kind of predict that as things continue, whether they get uh, much better soon or it takes a while longer or whatever, I think people are going to be seeking therapy like never before, um, taking mm-hmm. it very seriously, um, thinking about it differently. There's going to be residual effects, I think, of um, of all of this. You know, I was on this an aside, but last night I was on Instagram and I got an ad for this little device that's like a piece of plastic, like keychain that you can use to push an elevator button instead of your finger. Oh my goodness. And you can also yeah. use it to grab door handles. It's like a little pincher almost. Oh, like. wow. And, wow. It, and it, it, the whole thing was marketed like playing on the anxiety of people. Yes. Right. Of like, yes. are you going to let yourself get infected after COVID? You know, buy this device now and never touch uh-huh. a doorknob again. And I thought, wow, uh-huh. how incredible that people are already capitalizing on this, of course. Yeah, you're right. And right. playing on our anxieties. And people were going to buy that. They're yes, going to buy that. And sure, they are going to touch doorknobs yeah. differently after this. Right. And, and yeah. we need to be prepared to help help folks. Not yeah. to mention people who have pre existing issues with touching doorknobs, <laughs> so to speak. Yeah. You know, we need right. to be, be, be right. ready to help those people too right now. Yeah. Yeah, it's a. I know I've had several several of my own uh, clients that have just you know, they they've struggled with anxiety to begin with, and then just you add this on top of it, and it's just it is just really heavy for them. Yeah. Yeah. Gordon, we've covered a lot of bases, and we're we're about <laughs> to make a U turn and do an episode for your podcast. I think yes, so. Maybe yes. make sure to tell people uh, how they can find you, how they can sure. you know, subscribe to sure. you and everything, or anything that you're offering right now as a, right. a, a freebie right. sure. or anything. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. So folks can find me at practice simply practice of therapy dot com, and um, right. One of the things that I have uh, that I offer is I have some online courses that are available to people through um, use the teachable platform. I have G suite G suite for therapists, which just goes into uh, the things around how you can use Google G suite, the tools of Google G suite for your practice and set it up and make it HIPAA secure and just different ways and creative ways to use the different tools of that. And also I have another course called money matters in private practice and I teamed up with a friend of mine, Julie Harris, at Green Oak Accounting, and it just go teaches the basics and also just more details around the whole financial side of private practice. And so you can get to get to those at practiceoftherapy.com. And for the month of April, and I'm not sure when this episode is coming be out, out in April, probably next. Yeah, yeah. Coming yeah. Up so next week. one one of the ways I'm just kind of small way of giving back is I'm offering all of my courses for half price. And they just use the coupon code SPRING2020. And you can get that Perfect. when you check out. So Perfect. We'll make sure to put yeah. a link to um, your site and that code and everything in the uh, description for this show, yeah. wherever you guys are listening. Um, and of course, follow along to Gordon's podcast as well, Practice of Therapy, mm-hmm. wherever you listen. Um, you can catch me being interviewed here <laughs> shortly uh, on yes. that show if you uh, want to see what other... Uh, twists and turns we get into. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, it's going to be a great adventure, I'm sure. <laughs> Gordon, thanks yeah. again for being here and uh, keep up the good work. Thanks. 
Hope you enjoyed that conversation, guys. Um, again, I want to remind you that doors to both of my programs are open right now for a very limited time. Fully booked is a five-part system for getting new clients consistently. And Business Made Human is our mastermind community, helping you build a business you love, scale additional revenue streams, do it all with the support of a community of like-minded people. Head to the links in the description to sign up uh, and apply for those programs right now. Um, If you haven't done so already, make sure you share your favorite episode of this podcast with a few therapist friends. Helps us get the word out. Um, Another way you can support this show is to uh, use Spruce Health. Start a free trial with them. Use that code PPW20 at checkout. That's a great way to support the show and help us keep getting great sponsors like this. Um, Okay, that's all I've got for you guys. Until next time, take care of yourselves. See you really soon. And um, yeah, cheers. Bye-bye.